Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. Now, here's another one that I think is really important. And I think it's something that we've got to think ahead with. And that is an escape plan. You know, half the time of your day is usually spent in the bedroom. If you had a fire in the hallway, how are you getting out? So think about that. Do you have an option? Do you have a a patio door to go out? Do you have a window to go out? Are you on the second or third floor? Is there a roof that you can drop down to? What is in the way of you getting out of that building? Now it's taken another notch. Your kids, how easy is it for them to get out of the building? And this is egress is what we're talking about here. I know so many people that have basement bedrooms that don't have egress windows in them, and there's really no way for them to sneak out through those windows to get out. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for tuning in today. We've got a great one here for you. This is something that I want to just kind of start talking about in the springtime because it's such a big deal. This is going to be my top 10 safety tips that you might have forgotten about in your home. And these are kind of important that I want you to get things kind of dialed in. And some of these are things that uh, are not only for your house, but if you've got children, maybe it's for their grandparents' house or their aunt and uncle's house or some other house that they're going to visit. And that's where this really plays key. So if you want to find out more information about Around the House here, just head to aroundthehouseonline.com. You can find all the information there from the TV show to the radio show to the podcast Uh, the radio show and podcast, which you're listening to right now. So today, the first one on here is child window locks. Just about every year, about 3,300 children are injured by falling from open windows. And I tell you what, this is something that has been a passion of mine of trying to keep kids from falling out because it is so much of an easy prevention that you can do as a parent. So here's the thing. First, what I want you to do is talk to your kids about the dangers of falling from a window. You know, it's it's no different than telling them not to put their stuff in the, you know, put something metal in the outlet or play with the stove burners. This would be part of that discussion. Now, second of all, locks are a very important thing. Making sure that that window doesn't open more than four inches and put a safety lock on there. If you do it correctly, it's not going to change the safety of that room at all. You can make it where it can be opened up in an emergency, but you want to be able to have it where those window stops work. Now, the other thing that you have to be careful with is make sure that you don't stack furniture in front of it. Some people go, oh, I just put a dresser in front of the window. They'll be fine. No, you just gave that child a ladder to be able to get up to look out because they can climb up, climb up that dresser or desk to get up over there. And now here's the other problem. Children naturally think that that window screen is there to keep them from falling out, so they lean up against it. 
not knowing that it's meant to keep bugs from coming in. And a simple push pops the screen out. And so they're flexible. They're not even designed for holding more than five pounds, let alone anything else. And even a fall for a kid falling from a two-story window can result in serious injury or death. So make sure you get those window guards or stops in there. That's a big one. Uh, I also like the window stops for, you know, where you can open up the window and still get a little bit of a breeze. Open windows and close them after use. If you have any single hung windows, open them from the top. You know, that double hung where the top and bottom move, use the top side. And then again, make sure that you have that discussion. I tell you what, how many times do I see, we just had one in my area last week where a kid fell out a third story window and survived because they got lucky and landed in the landscaping and not on the concrete that was right next to it. Got very lucky right there. But uh, you always, if you do have a kid that experiences a window fall, always get them checked out. You know, make sure that they're taken care of because I tell you what, um, this is such an easily preventable thing that I want to make sure that we do it as parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles. Anywhere that that window is open, make sure that we have window locks. And a window lock, you can get a handful of them for 10 to 20 bucks on Amazon or your local hardware store. That should be something that's really important. And let's make sure that we save some lives this year because just think about it. We can save so many lives by that. Uh, you know, you think about, and this is a little dark, but I'm going to go there. You know, that um, famous Eric Clapton song where he's talking about his son. That is because he fell out of a window because he was going to go pick him up uh, to go to the zoo and uh, the child had fallen to their death out of their high rise because the window was not locked. So this can happen to anyone. So it's a very important thing. So when we're talking safety, sorry, not to be the downer, but that's a big deal that we need to pay attention to. Uh, make sure here on smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors, of course, you just check them to make sure they're working. But uh, the big thing with those is to make sure that the carbon monoxide detectors, I like to change those out about every five years. Smoke detectors, no more than 10 years. And I tell you what, the my favorite one that I'm using right now is the Google Nest Protect. None of these things are sponsored here, guys, but uh, that's the one I use uh, because I tell you what, that was worth the $100 purchase because I can now control it with my phone. And if uh, something sets it off, it texts me on my phone and gives me an alert that something's going on. So make sure that you've got those smoke detectors. Make sure you're following code. Make sure you've got... You know, got them in the bedroom, got them in the hallway, got them near the kitchen. You know, I, I even say near the garage. The more you have, the better off you are. And then uh, be careful when you put them in your bathroom. Steam can sometimes set these off, so make sure that you have them in the right spot. I have, uh, when I was testing my steam shower, I set mine off in the hallway because I had steam pouring out of the open door when I was testing my steam shower. And uh, yeah, it set mine off because I had steam coming from that, but it was a lot of steam from the steam shower. So that's another one. So just make sure that you do that. The smart ones work good. Follow the instructions on them. And uh, when in doubt, have them hardwired in. A lot of the new ones have 10-year lifespans on the batteries that are built in, and then you can dispose of them. So uh, just test them, make sure they're good. But uh, having those dialed in is really important. And uh, I'll be honest, you can't have too many of those around there. So when in doubt, install another one. 
Now, here's the next one that is um, tough for some people. And that's even tougher for people that are experiencing, you know, the troubles of hoarding disorder. Or you've got some mental illness that has too many things in your life as far as products. But eliminating clutter is one of the biggest things that goes to fall hazards, to fire safety, to building safety. Um, there are so many homes out there, and it's shocking. I have pulled up as a designer to many homes and walked up to the front door and thought it was an absolute normal house. And the door opens, and there is stuff up to my chin piled up everywhere within the home. And this happens to people of all incomes, all walks of life. It can happen this way where people collect too many things, and that can end up being a very big health hazard because many times at that point, they'll have pets that are not taken care of. Uh, If you've got a family member, that deals with this. Um, I have a family member that deals with this that we haven't addressed with. Um, and I tell you what, it's one of those things that uh, can absolutely be horrible for them and their health and their life because it ends up having where you've got too many particulate matters, you have unhealthy air, mold, mildew, uh, pets end up having you know, um, excrement everywhere. This is just one of the things that go with clutter. But a little bit of clutter, I get it. But make sure you have clear walking paths. Make sure that uh, in that clutter that you've got good transitions and floors, things like that. But uh, clutter can be a huge one, especially that garage that's piled full of stuff. And uh, you could have stuff in there that could catch fire, and uh, that could be a whole other issue. All right, when we come back, we've got more of my top 10 safety tips that you probably have forgotten about your house outside of the normal stuff. We'll talk about more of that just as soon as Around the House returns. Don't go anywhere. What's up? This is Stick and Satchel from Steel Panther, and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G. Yeah. We love Eric G, and you should too. friends over at Steel Panther. Love those guys. They are not for the faint of heart. So if you're easily offended, they're not somebody you want to check out. But I tell you what, those guys can put on a rock show. I had a fun time with them last week. Great people. Well, today we've been talking about our top 10 safety tips you might have forgotten for your home. And this is important stuff here. And I want to make sure that you've got these kind of dialed in so you are safe around your house. Last segment, we talked about child window locks making sure those are dialed in and straightened up. The smoke detectors, making sure they're updated with your carbon monoxide detectors. And then the last one was eliminate clutter, which is a big one. Get that clutter out of there. Uh, It'll end up being a safe and healthier home. Now, here's the next one. And I caught a little grief last week on social media that I need to bring up because a a buddy had some pretty wild extension cord game going on there. But power strips and extension cords. Here's the thing. Power strips generally are not meant to run heaters, air conditioners, refrigerators, anything with a high amperage of pull. That's how you start a fire. 
And I can't tell you how many little fires I see in offices and things like that for somebody having the space heater plugged into their power strip for their computer under the desk just to keep their feet warm during the wintertime. Or I see people that maybe the window is just far enough away from the outlet for the window air conditioner, and they plug that in there. Making sure that you have the right gauge and right size power strip and the right gauge extension cord and where you put them. So here's one of the things that I see too. You know, power strips are one thing. Extension cords. You know, the the more expensive the extension cord, generally the better gauge of wire you have. Like if you are going to use a table saw way out in the backyard and you've got 100 feet to run power out to, and now today they have plenty of cordless, you know, table saw, so it's not as big of an issue as it was. If you get out there with a light gauge wire, the chance of you burning the motor up on the table saw is pretty decent because you're pulling way too much through that cord. So when you buy extension cords for DIY projects or things around the house, buy the really big, thick contractor cords. It's going to keep you from burning up a power tool. Now, many things like air conditioners and uh, even space heaters will tell you, do not plug into an extension cord. Refrigerators, same kind of thing. Do not plug into an extension cord. The power loss is too much, and uh, you can end up burning up compressors and other pieces, heating elements, things like that. So make sure you know what you're putting through, and also don't put extension cords through any kind of a doorway. Don't go under the garage door. I had a family friend burnt their house down, lost three classic cars that were in the garage because they ran their Christmas light cord under the garage door. It pinched it, shorted it out, and they had a fire. So make sure that you've got the right extension cords for what you're doing and make sure you're good that way. That's going to leave for a safer home. Next one, fireplace cleaning and tuning up. If you've got a gas fireplace, make sure that thing is tuned up, working correctly. Have it maintained. If you have a wood fireplace, when was the last time somebody got in there and looked at the chimney, cleaned it out, made sure the damper's working correctly, make sure the right cap's on there, making sure you don't go start a fire and you got a bird's nest up there, making sure that the raccoons haven't been trying to do something up there as well. Get the fireplace inspected, looking for cracks, Make sure the creosote's out of there. Make sure that's dialed in and make sure that you don't have any issues. You know, we've got homes now that had stainless steel linings on them. Sometimes if people are running hot fires in there, those can create a whole other issue. So make sure that you've got that taken care of. That fireplace cleaning and maintenance is big. And if you've got that wood fireplace and it needs to be relined, have it relined. Have it done. Take care of it. And then you're going to be good to go. The side mark on this one is check your gas appliances for leaks. And there have been, you know, the the natural gas discussion about banning gas stoves because of particulate matter. And many times that particulate matter is because people were not running their vent hoods. But you can have a gas stove, a gas water heater, a gas fireplace. Uh, You could have any of those things, furnace dryer even that are not working correctly. So many times you can call and have your gas company come out on a non-emergency basis and they will test to make sure your appliances are not leaking natural gas or propane. 
It's propane. It's going to be the propane company. Natural gas will be your natural gas provider. They have no problem coming out with their sensitive tools and making sure that everything is working correctly. Now, they might look at you and say, hey, your range has got a problem. You need to get that fixed. You know, that's broken. They might turn the gas off to that appliance and say, hey, you got a problem there. This is unhealthy, but now you found it, right? So make sure that you've got all those things working correctly and that you don't have something that's not working. And that's a free fix, guys. Just get on the phone. I'm sure they'll send somebody out to come take a peek at that. And that's another one here too, just another use. If you're elderly or have limited abilities for that smoke detector and carbon monoxide detector, if you call your local firehouse and tell them, hey guys, um, you know, I'm 70 years old and I don't feel comfortable getting up on the second story of my foyer to change that smoke detector up there and swap it out. I haven't touched it in years. I bet to those fine ladies and gentlemen will show up and help you do that. Um, I haven't seen it not happen before. There's always, always something, but uh, uh, they will happily come out and make sure that you're safe and dialed in. So make sure that you always got those gas appliances are are good. They'll test your, your, your uh, gas meter outside as well and make sure it's good. And that's another important one just to make sure things are running well. And another safety tip that's not on the list, make sure you're running that ventilation. When your cooktop is on, think about turning the hood on no matter what you're cooking. Even boiling water, let's, hey, let's get the, uh, if it's gas, let's get that out of there. If you're boiling water in an electric or an induction, you want to get that um, the steam out of there anyway, get out of your house so it's a good time to uh, turn that ventilation fan and get that outside. Now, if that ventilation fan is one of the recirculating ones where it's blowing air back in your face, there's a DIY project for you. Make sure and replace that to a fan that will vent outside. In many areas, uh, you know, in many states across the country now, they have banned those where if you do a kitchen remodel, they will not let you put in a recirculating one because those things work about as good as a recirculating toilet. You're just putting that, uh, mixing that air that's coming off your stove that's bad with the carbon monoxide and the particulate matter and carbon dioxide, all that stuff that's coming off there. You're just circling on the house. That really doesn't do much. You can put a little charcoal filter in there, but I'll be honest, they're fairly worthless. So make sure you've got a good hood that vents outside. All right, we come back. we got so many more tips here for you today. We've got some good ones, some stuff that uh, you might go, oh, that's right, I was thinking about doing that, or ones that you go, oh, I meant to do that, or I had no idea. All that coming up and more. We'd love to hear you uh, comment and get some feedback from you guys. Head over to Around the House on social media. We'd love to hear your feedback or ideas for a subject for an upcoming show. Around the House, be right back after these important messages. Don't go anywhere. This is Ron Keel, the Metal Cowboy from Keel, the Ron Keel Band and Steeler. We are rocking around the house with Eric G. Raise your fist, Welcome back to the Around the House Show. This is where we help get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. We've been talking about the top 10 safety tips you might have forgotten about for your home. And some of the things we've talked about so far, child window locks, a huge one. That's why it's the first one. 
smoke detector update, carbon monoxide detector, making sure that they're working or even getting smart ones. And by the way, yes, you probably can get your fire department to help you with those. Uh, Eliminate clutter, trying to get rid of that hoarding situation or getting close to that. Power strips and extension cords, how those love to create fires. Fireplace cleaning, and then checking out your gas appliances for leaks. Now, the next one is a big one here, and I I know that there are some people out there that don't believe this, and everyone is entitled to their opinion, and here is mine. Radon is an odorless, invisible, radioactive gas naturally released from the rocks and soil and water. Radon can get in homes and buildings through cracks or holes, build up in the air over time. Breathing it in high levels of radon can cause lung cancer. It's really simple. It can. And so here's what you need to do. And many times, like in my area, for instance, if I buy a house, that house has to have a radon test before the sale goes through. It's part of the deal. Now, I love that safety. But here's the thing. If you have an earthquake or something in your area or other things like that, like rock blasting or something like that, that can actually change the radar level. So if you've radon level, if you've got no radon and you have like a four point earthquake, I would sure have it tested again because this comes up through the ground in the soil in the rocks. And if you shake that up a little bit, that crack that wasn't putting it into your basement or crawl space or under the slab of your house could then be putting up in there. So I always want to make sure that you're testing that radon level. Now, here's one thing that we had happen as well. I had somebody from a well and they were getting radon through the water. So there was radon in the water that was coming in. So when they were taking showers, they were getting high levels of radon from that. Is that rare? Yes. Can it happen? Absolutely. So, you know, a couple things. uh, You can always contact your state radon office for specific information and resources for testing and qualified radon testers. And then there are radon reduction systems that you can install, which is the mitigation system, basically. And um, the EPA recommends installing a system if your radon level is at or above four picocuries per liter of air. So I'll be honest, if you're at four, I would be doing it anyway. Um, I think if you're a lot lower than that, I would spend the money uh, because you know you have it. And uh, who says it couldn't increase? Obviously, it's in the area. If I was less than that, I would sure work on that mitigation system. So things you can do as well. um, If you're an apartment or rental That you're worried about that, you can increase airflow in your house by opening windows using fans and vents to circulate air. Um, You know, make sure that you're sealing the cracks and floors and walls, you know, and that does help. But that gas does go through concrete, so you just be careful. It is a very small thing, so you can reduce that stuff. But really, if you're buying a new home, make sure that they're doing radon-resistant construction techniques. And, um, you know, that's uh, one other thing. And there's a multiplier on this as well that I don't have to tell you. People that smoke and have radon are much more likelier to have lung cancer than just if they had radon. So those two combined can be a big problem. And uh, make sure with the radon thing that you've got that dialed in. Always have it tested. I'd have it tested every number of years. Make sure if you're in an area. For me, I could have no radon in my house today. 
I can walk down seven houses and have radon there. So just because I can walk down my street and see them all over the place that uh, in my area, we have got them. And uh, there have been some very cases, even in my city here, where people died from lung cancer that were not smokers that had no other known exposure or anything like that, but the radon in their house got them. So just be very careful with that. Now, here's another one that I think is really important. And I think it's something that we've got to think ahead with. And that is an escape plan. You know, half the time of your day is usually spent in the bedroom. If you had a fire in the hallway, how are you getting out? So think about that. Do you have an option? Do you have a a patio door to go out? Do you have a window to go out? Are you on the second or third floor? Is there a roof that you can drop down to? What is in the way of you getting out of that building? Now it's taken another notch. Your kids, how easy is it for them to get out of the building? And this is egress is what we're talking about here. I know so many people that have basement bedrooms that don't have egress windows in them, and there's really no way for them to sneak out through those windows to get out. That, if you can't have a firefighter come in to grab somebody, you're in trouble. So that is not a safe bedroom. So make sure that you've got an escape plan on how to get out. Now, here's my concern um, that you need to be careful with. If you have solar panels on the roof or things like that, you need to be very careful that you are escaping to an area that doesn't have those solar panels if you're jumping out of a roof onto a lower roof, for instance. And I see a lot of those. Just make sure that you're not anywhere near those. Because here's the thing. If you've got roof trusses and you've got an attic fire, those uh, trusses don't last long, five, ten minutes usually before they start coming apart because they're just held with those stamped metal clips and those clips get hot and they roll out, the truss fails, and uh, they do not last long if there's no other fasteners in them. So something to think about when you're escaping out of that. So make sure you've got a plan. Where are you going to meet up? Where are you going to meet up with those kids? Are you going to be in and out of the building? Uh, you know, Are you de- meeting at the mailbox? Are you meeting at the neighbor's mailbox? Are you across the street? Where you're at? And uh, have that escape plan is big. Part of that escape plan is if you're in an area with tornadoes, or any kind of a natural disaster where you've got a hurricane or windstorms or even an earthquake, where is your place that is the safest in the home to go hide? Where is that location? Where is it? Do you have some supplies there? Do you have ways to communicate in there? Do you have any way to get out of that location? So just think about that. If you've got that room that's, you know, maybe under the stairs because the stairs are strong in the basement, that's a great place to be sometimes. You know, you just want to have a place that has no windows, center part of the house. If you're in the basement, you know, great. But have some stuff stored there. Be prepared for that. And that's a big one. So have that part of your escape plan. Where are you going to be going? And that's going to be a key right there. So think that out, plan it out, work it out with the kids. I'm not saying they need to jump out the window, but have them understand if there's a rope type safety ladder they need to throw out. Do they know how to operate it? Do they know where they're going to meet you? That can be a good way to go. They're going to get out the window if you give them the opportunity. So just make sure that you've got that situation lined up and you're good to go. All right, everybody. Well, when we come back, I've got our last two here, which are big ones. And uh, I think these are really important ones that we forget about all the time. And I would love to hear your comments. Uh, Head over to Around the House Facebook page, Around the House Show, and you can find us over there. 
or you can find me at the TV page, which is Around the House Northwest. You can find that there. Love to hear your feedback. If there's a subject that you want to hear me talk about, I do take requests. So if it's something that we haven't talked about in a while or it's a new topic, I would love to hear from you. And you can message us over there. Put up a post. Say, hey, I'd like to hear this. We would appreciate that. That means a lot to us here at the show. And uh, we'd love to interact with you. Make sure you follow our YouTube page, which is over... Take a look at YouTube. Just go to uh, KPTV Fox 12 Oregon, and then you can get over to the playlist, which is around the house. You can find us over there, and you can find uh, all the videos over there. We've got a lot of great DIY projects. We've got some features, uh, what I call Made in Northwest, which is our basically Made in America segment that we're doing of all these great products that you can find out there that are sold across the United States. And guess what? They're made right here in America, and we're trying to highlight those American workers and what they're doing for us. We'll react after these important messages. Don't go anywhere. to the Around the House show where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Hey, make sure you're following us on all our social media channels. We've got Around the House show on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, you can find me, Eric Cornson, on Twitter, as well as the Around the House show over on Instagram and, uh, well, of course, Facebook for the TV show, and that'll be Around the House Northwest. We've been talking about those safety tips today, my top 10, and here's one of the big ones right here that's worth a, a few minutes talking about. And uh, the UL Fire Safety Research Institute, which is a a group that I follow, and they're packed with tons of great information. They have basically a saying, which is close before you doze. This is about closing that door before you go to sleep, making sure that everyone is closing that door. And this is interesting. It is very interesting to see from fire safety research, what a difference it is to have a door shut and a door open, even if you have one of those really cheesy cardboardy hollow core doors, how much it makes a difference. You know, using thermal imaging cameras, researchers found that the closed door rooms on both floors during a fire spread had average temperatures of less than 100 degrees Fahrenheit versus the 1,000 degrees in the open-door rooms. So that gives you a a remarkable difference in a room of trying to last longer. I mean, that is huge. Gas uh, concentrations were marked differently as well. The open-door bedroom nearly measured, uh, had a a very toxic 10,000 ppm, which is the parts per million of carbon monoxide, while the closed door had 100 So that is something that in an evolving fire environment is a big deal. So we started to see that, you know, as the fire goes, you know, with an open layout that furnishings and construction materials, they all burn pretty easily. You know, 
one of the things that we did to stop people from getting cancer from chemicals is we took away a lot of the fire retardants that were there in the 70s and 80s because, well, you know, they, they probably gave people cancer. So they got rid of those. Unfortunately, now, many of those products in our houses don't have that. So things become toxic faster. Things burn faster. And so the advice always is sleep with the bedroom door closed. If there's a fire, there's no time to act. And uh, that will give you time to make it happen. If you're a parent with children in the home, as soon as that smoke alarm goes off, you know, maybe you can't get to the room because of smoke. If you've closed your door before they go to bed, it gives you that time to get outside and get into that window and help save them. So these are those simple steps. It's almost more important than that stop, drop, and roll is close your door when you go to bed. That is going to be a big one. So make sure you do that. Uh, It is a huge difference. And uh, if you want more information on that, head over to the FSRI.org and go over their programs and look at the close before you doze. They have some amazing videos over there that is a big deal to make sure that you're doing that safely. So that's a big one. Now, here's another one that's really important, um, and it's good for kids and for earthquakes. Tying down all that furniture. Now, if it's tall, where it could fall over like a dresser or a bureau or any of those tall things, even when you're getting into um, TV cabinets, which are less prominent these days, uh, any one of those bookshelves, that kind of stuff, everything should be tied down. And make sure that it's tied onto the wall. You know, you've noticed that with IKEA now, they're giving you a tie-down kit when you purchase their drawers. Uh, This should be done in every single place in the house because what happens if you've got a toddler in there? That ends up being the first two drawers end up being steps, and they climb up, and it falls over. Uh, I know of many people as kids that have been hurt that way. And then if you have an earthquake or something like that or a natural disaster, You don't want those things flying around. You want that attached to the wall. So make sure that you've got that dialed in. Make sure that all those things are tied down. You can get these tie downs online. You can get them at your home improvement store. Go around and attach all these things. And and it's not a big deal. You can put a single screw into the wall to grab the stud. A lot of them have straps that you can unattach. Move it around. Simple patch. It's not going to be something destructive. But attaching everything down and making sure that's good. Another tip that I have as well is uh, they make the sticky stuff, which is basically it's a museum wax. I have a couple cool rock and roll figurines that are on my bar in my in my living room. I don't want them to get knocked off. So what did I do? I put a couple tabs of that down there on the surface. It doesn't hurt the piece. It doesn't hurt the surface, but it sticks it there. Now, can you rip it off there? Sure. During an earthquake, is going to stay there? Probably. Is it something that's not going to get knocked off and brushed off of a shelf? Absolutely. So using things like that to help keep yourself kind of dialed in is going to be better for you. And it's safer. And you don't ruin stuff. I mean, it's amazing what can move around. When I was in an earthquake, we ended up having, um, I had a picture that was on, you know, a little floating shelf. It was touching between the floating shelf and the wall. It was kind of in that as a 45 degree angle. From that Bouncing around on the shelf, it never fell off. It broke the glass in it from it bouncing around on the shelf. So making sure that stuff's tiled in. One of the projects I have coming up is I need to do a better job of making sure all of my pictures, I have some heavy artwork. 
I need to go around and make sure that that stuff is dialed in as well. I don't want those to come off of a nail or a hook and come falling down, especially stuff that's over couches and things like that and hallways and uh, places like that. So make sure you got that stuff dialed in. Make sure that stuff is tied down and you're good to go for safety. And that's a great one. Now, the honorable mention in this episode is going to be being ready for a natural disaster all by itself. Now, this we're not going to get into all the prepper stuff here because that could be another six episodes that we're not going to dive into. But I want to make sure that you're getting the stuff that you have ready around your house for that. And these are those things that get forgotten. So make sure that you've got a way to drink water that is filtered. So having some water stored, if you've got a body of water near you, you might be able to use a filter and take it out of there. I have a huge lake that's not going anywhere and some rivers, so I have water that's around me. So I have ways to grab water and carry it because it's within, you know, quarter of a mile that I can carry water back if I had to. So I've got a filtration system for that. Make sure that you've got a way to create heat. Don't plan of natural gas and propane working. You know, do you have a way to, to start a fire and to heat up water? That way, you can cook some freeze-dried food that you've got stored away. So having that food ready, having, you know, a couple of weeks of food will buy you so much time. Because we've learned this, uh, you know, and, and nothing against the United States federal government here, but FEMA takes a while to spool up. If you have a natural disaster, it could take a week. It could take 10 days for them, somebody to show up to help you. And it could be overwhelming a system. So make sure that you've got that ready to go. You want to have that life-sustaining stuff. So you want to have food, water. You want to have a couple tarps for shelter, duct tape in case you have to tape up stuff around your house. You can do that. Next, I'm going to say light. And make sure that you've got a way to charge up your phone and stuff like that. So, you know, keeping your cars more fully fueled. Um, if you always keep your car, you know, fueled up, don't let it get down to that quarter tank when you pull in home. If you can keep it a half or more, that buys you a ton of time to be able to go out there and maybe charge a device or two, or uh, if you've got an inverter in there to be able to charge up multiple things so you could have some sort of power. So make sure you've got that. Some of these new electric vehicles out there have got uh, ways to power up as well that you can use that. If you've got solar, it's something that you can use. But again, making sure that you've got that. And as well as your pets, don't forget those. If you've got dogs, if you've got cats, if you've got those kind of pets around the house, make sure you've got food for a few weeks for them. Don't always be running out of that last little bit. You know, one thing you can do is if you've got that big bag of dog food, have two. And just keep working through it. And that other one can sit there for a little bit. That way you've got more than enough food for everybody. Because you don't have to be giving the food dog, you know, or cat your food to keep them alive. Make sure that you're good there. And uh, as long as you've got some light flashlights, uh, I'm a big proponent of having tool batteries with lights because usually you've got those charged up if you're taking care of your tools and you've got those things charged up. So then you've got other sources of light. If you've got four or five sources of light, you can do that and you can charge those things back up and you'll be good to go. All of that is going to make for a safer house. And uh, just make sure that you've got these things dialed in. This is really easy for everybody to do out there. Most of these things are not expensive. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to have extra food in the pantry. I know food's expensive, but you can buy some of those freeze-dried packets to put in in the top of the closet or something that you have access to, and you'll be good to go. And those things last for decades, so you buy it once and forget about it. All right, everybody, have a great rest of the week. Thanks for tuning in to Around the House. We'll see you next week. 
discovered Anyway, I'll be on the mean Life is a love song, let's be lovers We're all over the radio Take my hand, I know where to go All over the radio with you Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out Millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's Millboard.com.